This episode's special shout-out goes to Free Hugs Project. I am honestly impressed with this organization as it shines a new positive light on how to properly share your voice and not harm and hurt others around you. By all means, take a look at their social media pages from YouTube channel to Instagram to listen and learn more about this. I think at a time when people need a platform to share their viewpoints, using this method that they're preaching could be very useful. I know I'm using it. So take a look. Now, as I like to say, sit back, enjoy this new episode, maybe get a snack, only to realize you don't need a snack because we're talking about nutrition and you don't want to feel fat. But I hope you sit back, relax, and get ready as this wonderful panel of Agap and Eric teach you about a proper diet. Okay, guys, we're back, and we will be talking right now about nutrition, okay, and dieting. So let's get started with the generic question that everyone wants to know. When it comes to fitness, how important is nutrition? Um, nutrition, I would say it's about 60%, like it's 60, 40, um, like the way you can look, look at it is you can do all the work you want to do, but if you're not fueling your body to grow, it won't grow. So it'll be like doing work in vain kind of thing. And you can end up with worse effects than you had before. Um, so that imagine if you're doing like a lot of weightlifting and you're really doing like something to kind of promote protein sympathy synthesis but not giving your body enough protein or the right nutrients then it doesn't have the fuel to do what it naturally would have done in the first place kind of thing and then again with fat loss and things like that you can run on a treadmill all day every day but if you're going to mcdonald's three times a day it's not going to work for you so i think it just works both ways <laughs> yeah those big macs get to you man <laughs> yeah that's that's spot on nutrition is definitely very important all right, perfect. So let's dive a little bit into it and see exactly how important is it. So for someone who is starting from scratch, right, like a beginner who's into fitness and wants, is going to the gym at the beginning of his progress or journey, we should say, where should they start when it comes to their nutrition? Um, it really depends on the individual's goals. Um, I'll answer this question. If your goal is weightlifting, so you want to get more muscle and stronger in the gym, um, as he touched upon for the last question, protein synthesis, uh, really basically a great place to start is you need protein. Like studies have shown that protein is what leads to muscle gain through the protein. And then the stress that you're putting on your muscles through lifting weights or training with resistance, um, a very like common thing when it comes to how much protein is 0.7 grams to one gram of protein per pound of body weight meaning if you're like a 200 pound male that you would i don't know what 70 percent of that is but you'd be eating anywhere from like 160 ish grams to 200 grams would be like a really good range to shoot for and mm -hmm. targeting your protein would be a great place that i would start with if you're just getting into the whole nutrition thing Gotcha. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, of course, all your macros are like important, but in terms of muscle growing and like facilitating muscle growth, protein is definitely one of the things that you need to be focusing on. And then secondary to that would be carbohydrates, I'd say personally, um, because carbohydrates kind of fuel your workouts. Protein help you help protein helps you recover, and then having the adequate sugars and fats kind of just solidify that kind of they kind of like the glue to the diet. Like you need healthy fats in your diet. You need a slight amount of unhealthy diets, uh, fats, sorry, in your diet, just to kind of like give you a, a well-rounded um, diet overall. In terms of where I would start as a person um, who's just starting fitness, again, it depends on your goals, but I'd say for everyone who starts fitness and really wants to take it seriously, um, I would start with trying to calculate your own maintenance calories because you need to know what you're, you're naturally doing um, without any influence so you can improve on it. So you know the thing that you're doing today is not doing giving you the right results. And then if you can identify what that is, and now you start changing little things here and there, you can, you know, you'll be close to your goal. So um, there are some decent calorie counters out there, but they'll only give you a rough estimate. Usually they can be within maybe 200 to 300 calories out of your actual maintenance calories. So what I'd say is, again, use um, the apps that I recommended in the last uh, episode, so like things like MyFitnessPal. Just maybe three days in a week, uh, track your calories, take an average. And then if your body weight is staying the same for those three days or the week in general, then you know that's around about where your maintenance is. And then just go from there. Perfect. That's, uh, that's spot on. And then also a caveat to that too is um, when you're tracking your food, if you're not weighing the foods you're eating, then you don't know what you're eating because calorie labels can be wrong. And you can't really eyeball, especially if you haven't weighed your food, you don't really know what a certain amount looks like of the food you're eating. So if you want to actually know what you're putting in your body, you need to weigh it and then track the food you weigh. Get a little scale, (laughs) move it around every time you travel. I like it. I like it. So on a personal level then, because there's a lot of references for best diets right out there. Some are unhealthy, some are healthy um, compared to what you're looking for for your personal sake what's the best diet to follow um okay personally the diet that i use is uh if it fits your calories so the idea that you focus on your macros so your proteins carbohydrates and fats and then you kind of make, build a diet so first first of all you'd start with um aiming for 0.7 grams to one gram per pound of body weight in your proteins and then fill the rest with the proportions of fats and carbohydrates because you don't want too much of anything too much of anything is bad so you want everything in moderation kind of um i'd say don't restrict yourself so don't be setting these wild ambitious goals like if you've been you know eating burgers every day or you've been eating bread and things every day you're not going to suddenly switch from um calorie dense foods to things that are just like grains greens and things like that straight away um, it's too much of a drastic change and it won't be sustainable. So you want something that is healthy, but also sustainable. So I'd say if you fit cal- if it fits your macros, it's really good um, because it allows you to have like a bit of variance where you know you can eat this and you know you can't eat this kind of thing. So you can mm-hmm. eat some of your favorite foods, but it also stops you from eating foods that are like, okay, if I go to McDonald's or go to KFC today, that's 2,000 calories I'm not going to get back. So it kind of limits you in a way that's inducive to like growth. I think that's like completely spot on. Um, if it fits your macros is what I personally do as well. 
Um, I shoot for about a gram per pound of body weight of protein a day. Um, as far as fats go, it's recommended, at least especially what I recommend, is you want to eat about 25 or 30% or so at least of your calories from fats. If your fats are too low, that can cause hormone imbalances and it can, fats also help with digestion, so they are important. And then the most variable macronutrient is carbs. Um, so you can really play with carbohydrates to like make up your calorie goals. And um, as far as the best diet to follow, I, I don't think that there's such thing as a best diet, but whatever the best diet is, is whatever is sustainable for you in the long run. Um, like he was saying, you can't go from eating a bunch of burgers to just eating vegetables. You have to find something that you can stick with and do long-term forever. Um, the way that I approach dieting and tell everyone to do it is you should approach dieting as a lifestyle change rather than this is a temporary thing to help me achieve my goals. Because if you think of it as temporary, once you achieve your goal and go back, you're going to get right back to where you started initially or even worse off. Very humbling. I like it. I like it. Okay, so the next couple questions are coming from random people that I've asked to survey. Um, we briefly talked about this, but just wanted to kind of go through it again. How is it, how important is it to count calories when it comes to this whole progress? I feel again, that's very, it's, it's kind of based on your goals again. So um, if you see again, these influences and you are really adamant that you want six pack abs, you want to have these visible veins and like be very, very vascular as a person. The only way you're going to get that is by knowing a hundred percent of what you're eating. Um, the idea is they do the right things every single day, three, six, five, and they know exactly what they're eating and what things they can and can and, can and cannot eat. If you're going for a gen more general goal, like, okay, my goal for this year is to add so X amount of body fat, I mean, or X amount of um, muscle, muscle mass to my frame. You can be a little bit more lenient with your own like calories. Like you can track what I did or what I recommend doing because tracking can take a lot of time out of your day if you're if it's the first time you're doing it because again you're doing weighing for one. If you add a new food to your diet, you again don't know the portion sizes for the macros. So it becomes there's a lot of variables. So if you can find a way to make it easier for you, so either by sticking to the same kind of meals um or do like plate portions if you have the same size place in your house or something like that but um i'd say just kind of like find a way to track for maybe a week uh or a month or when you get to the point where you've tracked for a very long time and you understand and you can better eyeball something than before and if you if that's if you have a really general goal so like you're trying to gain weight you can generally eyeball and know that i feel this amount of full and if you stop seeing progress after a while go back to the calorie counter and see mm -hmm. if you're you've dropped off or the calories that you're eating at now have kind of they're not working for you the same and then you can add to that calories and carry on tracking again so it's not an for me it's not an everyday thing um i do it in phases personally um but i know if you wanted to do it every day that's that's fine as well so it's just up to you i think that's spot on um you don't need to count calories to achieve your goals, but the only way to know actually what's going into your body is through counting and tracking what you're eating. Um, personally, I do find it easy for me to track what I eat every day. Um, I'm going on over a year plus of doing that. 
it just helps for me um, knowing what I'm eating and having like that data is very helpful. Accompany that with weighing yourself consistently. You can really see how you're progressing and things like that. Um, that being said, tracking, especially at first, can be a little, it can be a lot. It can take some time to do, but tracking gets easier the more you do it. And if you track something, for example, you have like a recipe or a meal you like, you can save that meal in the apps like MyFitnessPal. So if once you've made all of your, say, favorite meals and the things you normally eat once and save it, it's as easy as hitting add and then swiping one time to add that food to your day. So once you've added everything the first time and your diet stays relatively consistent, it's really easy to track what you're eating. Definitely worth checking that out, it seems like. Okay. These next two questions, I know everyone talks about it, right? Everyone, when it comes to dieting, asks these questions, but we, I want to get your own viewpoints on it. Should I avoid carbs? That's the first one. Second one, should I avoid grains? Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Oh, uh, You can go first for this one. I'll go after you. Cool, cool. They're like, um, okay, I guess we have to answer this one. I know, I know every every middle school PE teacher, I know every coach I've had talks about this, but what's your viewpoint? In terms of carbs, I think again they're very they can be variable. So if you're looking to cook calories, carbs are probably one of the first things that you can knock out because in most cases carbs are quite you can call them the kind of empty calories. So eating bread is not really doing much for you um nutritiously uh, apart from the fiber that you're getting so really if you look at it like that um you can have a lower carb diet as long as you're still meeting your macros so it's up to preference like there's no desire for you to cut car- there's no magnificent like effects you're going to see by cutting all carbs out of your diet really apart from um this thing called in fact if you look at um, even these models a lot of them actually have carb updates after they've done cuts so the idea is that carbs help you retain water. I mean, um, sorry, they soak up water. So say if they had a photo shoot the day before, they'd have a day where they eat as much carbs as they can to give them a kind of like a dry look on the body. So what it does, it really sticks all your skin to your muscles and it makes you, your abs can pop out more. You look more vascular from certain shots. Um, and the idea is that you don't have this kind of like rubber, rubbery feel to your skin where, you know, like, um, your skin is looking very full and very like moisturous. In most of these photos that you're seeing online, they're doing quite the opposite. They're giving themselves a dry fit so they look better in shadows and in pictures with the lighting. So I'd say carbs, um, unless you're really at that level where you, you're kind of experimenting with carbs already, um, for the general population, I'd say like 99% of people, carbs are not really the enemy in, in the majority of um, cases. Mm-hmm. I think that's spot on. Um, I never recommend for anyone to avoid major things such as like carbohydrates, fats, or protein. I think they're all important. Um, if you're trying to maximize your goals in the gym and stuff, um, you do need a certain amount of fat, like the 25% or so as a minimum of your calories for like health reasons. And then there is that minimum, like we've discussed, 0.7 to one gram of protein per body weight to maximize the gains that way. So carbs are really the, you can play with them the most as far as the other macronutrients go. 
Um, they're the most variable in your diets, but I don't think anyone should just completely cut out carbs. Um, getting rid of a macronutrient, I just wouldn't recommend it. Interesting. Gotcha. And what about grain? I know that's another topic that a lot mm -hmm. of people talk about. Uh, I, I see no problem with it. Um, honestly, uh, the, for, for example, the foods I eat on my current diet that I have, um, I have like French toast pretty much every day. So there's grains, bread and stuff. Um, a lot of people have rice and things like that. And a lot of people have stuff that have grains in it. I personally don't see a problem with consuming grains at all. Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, with grains, it's quite, a lot of them tend to be quite fibrous anyway. So you're looking at calories that are going to help you in the long run um, with your digestion. Um, and some of them do have a lot of nutrients as well. So they are a lot of micronutrients within grains, grain-based things. Um, so I wouldn't avoid them completely. But again, it's not something that like, if it's not in your diet, you should definitely add it to your diet. And the same way, if it's in your diet, you shouldn't definitely cut it out of your diet. It's down to preference. And I do want to point out to the audience members out there listening that I know Eric, when he started this, he was talking about over a year now. I know Eric since then, and I've seen some valuable information that I think you guys missed is the volume as well. Like everything here is nice, but it's in proportion, right? You don't want to exert yourself right to the point of exercising to fatigue eating too much to obese right having too much of something will be too much of everything in this concept so definitely having the volume being proportional to what you're working out and producing energy is crucial because as i said eric's spot on and i see what he's been eating but us americans out here are a bit different than what's going on in the uk right so Definitely that volume is a crucial component in this conversation. All right. So now the next question, and we did talk about this in the other episode about general exercise and fitness that you guys have been recommending, but, and little shout out, definitely should go listen to that. But I do want to go back and repeat this again and talk about it maybe more in depth. What and when? should I eat around my workouts? Maybe before, after, during, what do you guys recommend? Everyone has different, pro you know, they, ultimately your guys' goals are different. I get it. But there should be kind of generic recommendation that you can potentially share. Um, for me, uh, I recommend, at least when it comes to resistance training, so training with weights, um, I don't recommend training fasted. Personally, I might get nauseous if I do very heavy lifting with an empty stomach. So I always recommend having some carbs and protein in you before a workout to really fuel you. Like carbs give your muscles the energy they need and protein to help them grow. Um, I never consume like calories during my workouts. Um, I know some people do intra-workout things in their routines. I've never really experimented with it. So I can't say too much about consuming things during your workout. And as far as after your workout go, um, once again, having carbs and protein, you can't really go wrong there. Um, and like the last episode we had, you it's a misconception that you need to consume protein right after your workout. So as long as you have a meal that has at least 20 or so grams as a minimum of protein in it within a couple hours after you do your training, then you should be completely fine. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, 
I'd say in terms of eating, yeah, uh, training fasted is a very hard thing to do. Um, I've tried it in the past, um, especially when I first started in the gym, which was kind of the idea of like, okay, I need to go to the gym before college. Let me go at 7 a.m. before I have breakfast and have breakfast on the way to college kind of thing. Um, it's quite hard to do and very hard to maintain. So I would recommend is having kind of like a balanced breakfast. So if you are to work out in the afternoon, have a balanced breakfast with there's high enough protein and high enough carbs that if you were to want, if you wanted to work out like 1 p.m., 2 p.m., your body would be okay to do so. And then again, fuel your body afterwards. So the uh, anabolic window that Eric's talking about doesn't exist. Um, so it's just about kind of finding a balance within your everyday diet as a whole, as opposed to, okay, I've worked out now, I've got 30 minutes to get a crazy amount of protein in before, um, you know, my next meal. So it's just kind of finding that balance um, in terms of, yeah, it depends on your kind of workout. So cardio workouts, if it's low intensity, you don't really need to eat before them. And you really should kind of try and avoid eating, eating straight after it. Because if you think um, it's kind of like you've tricked your body into thinking I've done work now, I must reward myself kind of for the work that I've done. So imagine if you've, um, why I'm going to use walking as an example, if you've walked for an hour, um, it's very low, steady state cardio. So you're not really burning. You're not putting up like, I don't know, 500, it's about maybe 400 calories in an hour uh, burned, but you're not really feeling that you've done 400 calories worth of work compared to if you were to say sprint for 400 calories worth, it's very different. And then after sprinting, you may feel hungry. After walking, you shouldn't feel that kind of desire to eat more food. So um, I'd say just kind of find a balance and a routine that you can stick to consistently with that. Um, but just remembering that the timing don't matter too much as long as you're getting the correct nutrition in. Perfect. Also, if I could add one thing, um, in a, about a week or so of us recording this episode, um, I'm going to post on my YouTube channel, like my go-to pre-workout meal that I've been eating for about the last like year and a half, two years, almost every time I work out. So if anyone's interested, they can go check that out. Perfect. And we'll definitely put a link at the bottom of all these uh, episodes and where they're referenced to. Okay. Um, kind of adding on to what you were talking about, I do want to know, do you guys prefer a specific time to work out in relations to the nutrition that you're putting in your body? Because as you mentioned, doing something before 7am, right, versus doing it around breakfast, what about nighttime? Is there a preference that you recommend the audience members to do? Or it's honestly just, you know, balance your schedule overall and figuring out a time that works for you and then modifying your eating schedule based on that? Um, um, as far as that question, um, personally, I prefer training in the morning time. Um, it's just what I found works best for me. It varies for everyone. My brother prefers training in the evening. Um, I'd recommend finding what time of the day works best for you. I'll eat breakfast and then an hour or two after that, once my food's digested, I'll go work out. But that's not necessarily the best for everyone. That being said, the one thing that I would recommend is um, if you are training or more so when you're training, I do that if you can consistently every day. So if you decide that you want to work out at noon, then you should aim for that every day to stay consistent compared to working out at like 6 a.m. one day, 10 p.m. another day. You should try and work out around the same time. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I 100% agree. It's 
again, it comes down to like kind of building a routine around your own life and um, find what's best for you. Personally, I've I experimented with early mornings, um, afternoon, and more like recently late night. So what I found is if I can get a workout, so um, you know how our university schedule was. So like, yeah. if we had a massive break during the day, like a three hour, four hour break, I'm not going to kind of not use that time up when I could use it. So what I would do is whilst I have all the energy from waking up early in the morning or waking up at a decent time or after just one lecture, I would go to the gym, get my workout in, come home, shower, eat, and then carry on with uh, uni for that day and then come back home and then have the rest of the evening to myself kind of thing. Um, if there were some days where I couldn't do that, I would, I'd rather do my workout at 1am, 2am than not do the workout, you know, at all kind of thing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's more about uh, try keep it to a consistent time just for consistency and recovery. But if you can't, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's better to do the workout than not to do it. Definitely. And we briefly talked about the concept of going back to nutrition. I mean, we briefly talked about the concept of breakfast, but I want to elaborate on that. How important is breakfast to you? I know we talked about it briefly in the general fitness podcast as well. How important is breakfast to you guys? And then more importantly, let's flip it on the other side. How, how hurtful is it to eat at late nights? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, I can answer both those questions at the same time. Um, I, I think eating in the morning is important and eating at night is important. Mm-hmm. Um, Even at late the, nights. Yeah. So what, um, what I've kind of like learned from my research and things is to maximize protein synthesis. So basically to maximize the amounts that your muscles can grow. If you eat protein, it's about five times. So like four to six different times or so throughout the day, each time with 20 grams or more is how you can maximize that. You don't have to do that. You can eat two meals a day or three meals, 10, whatever you want to do, whatever works for your lifestyle. But to maximize your muscle gains, it's about five times a day of 20 grams or more. And if you eat 20 grams or more of protein before bed, your body's digesting that while you're sleeping and your muscles are using that protein to grow compared to if you don't eat before bed, if you stop eating two or so hours before bed, which a lot of people try to do, and then you sleep for eight hours, that's 10 hours that you haven't consumed any protein in a row. Mm. So that could have, it's not a big difference, but it could make a slight difference in the amount of muscle you'll gain. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I didn't really, realize that. Yeah, it's a really good in-depth analysis of that. Because um, <laughs> I think I'm guilty of that myself. So I kind of, I cycle. Um, so with what I'm doing right now, I kind of fast from about 6 to 8 p.m. And then I won't eat until 12 or 11 a.m. the next day. Um, so I have a sleeping window and about two to three hours before I sleep, I won't um, eat as well. So I am guilty. I am, of course, losing gains whilst I'm sleeping. Um, but I'd say breakfast is very important because I'm doing that. So because I am fasting, I then focus on my breakfast as I need to replenish my body and also fuel myself for the rest of the day kind of thing. Um, so my breakfast always has to have at least between 25 and 35 grams of protein. I think I don't think I've had one day in quarantine so far where I haven't at least hit 30 grams of protein. So I think it's very important to have a very strong start to your day. And a lot of people do talk about 
breakfast being the most important meal of the day for that kind of reason. It kind of sets you up. So if you have, if you've taken away from your daily allowance of protein, 30 grams already in the morning, you now have the rest of the day to hit your caloric target, you know? So you've kind of made it easier for yourself it's, instead of say like, you don't have any protein for breakfast um, and you focus on a carbon or fat meal, you now have to do more backtracking and more work to make up for the meal that you had before. Interesting. And uh, kind of expanding on the conversation we had in the general podcast, but also here a few times you talked about supplements, right? Is there any supplements that you guys can recommend to the audience members out there? And more importantly, how to properly use it to not do not enough, right? To see a slow, slower results or not doing too much for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I only take two supplements every day. Um, I take one serving or five grams of creatine monohydrate. Um, creatine monohydrate is the most researched supplement in the world. And there's a lot of evidence like explaining its helps. Um, it can have some mental benefits, but from a fitness perspective, like our bodies, um, it basically causes more water to get pulled into your muscles, which allows you to have a little bit more energy so you can lift a little bit more weight. And in turn, since you're able to lift a little bit more weight, you're exerting more force and you're lifting more. So your muscles are able to grow faster. Also a bonus is that it can make you look fuller because you're storing more water. And then the other supplement that I take is, um, fish oil or krill oil or whatever it may be. And I can't say the benefits offhand cause I don't know them, but they do have a lot of mental benefits associated with fish oil. So my doctor recommended that to me and I've been taking it since. Gotcha. What mental benefits, if I may ask? That's a good question. Uh, (laughs) No worries, no worries. Okay, moving on. I've read like cognitive benefits, like thinking and stuff like that. Gotcha, okay. (laughs) What about you, man? Any any supplements you recommend? Again, yeah, uh, creatine monohydrate is something I do take daily, five grams as well. Um, For the same benefits, it's very well researched, very low risk. And um, it's just something that gives you an extra kind of edge in the gym. Um, so you can see your results kind of quicker. And it's very, very cheap. Um, in the UK, you can buy creatine for about £8. And it'll give you about 100 servings worth. So if you do the muscle on that, you, probably, you can probably buy, what, three? Three of them a year and you'll be all right. Um, the only thing with it that I've found difficult sometimes is remembering to take it. So it's something <laughs> you have to kind of take on a daily basis. Uh, to see the maximum kind of results with it. Uh, so you have to kind of filter into your day. And it's also something you have to take. I, um, it's recommended to take with some form of carbohydrate. Um, so you kind of have it with just water by itself. But for maximum um, use, I'd say you have it with a carbohydrate and it's, it's been proven. So I have it in my protein shake, which I'll have with whey protein. So I only use whey protein on days where I'm not going to make my um, protein intake. So I try my best to find it through natural foods, so things like um, chicken, uh, whatever I have for breakfast, uh, anything that I have during the day. But usually if I'm about 30 grams to 50 grams out, I'll just add a scoop or two of protein and that's it. Um, my protein, that the protein that I use also has BCAs in it. So these are branch chain amino acids. Uh, it's supposed to help with kind of like recovery, um, do a similar thing to creatine where they just help with protein synthesis overall. 
um, they're very good for you. And it's something that we don't naturally get in our diets, which is why they're quite good. Um, if you can find something where some kind of um, supplement that has them in as well, you know, it's just another added benefit. Um, but they're the only two that I really take. Gotcha. And, uh, and by all means, for the audience members out there, we'll definitely put a link to all the references that you guys suggested. So for this episode, we'll have all that supplements that we just talked about for an option for them to check out more. I do have two more questions left for this episode. And I do want to ask kind of tying it all back with this whole concept of quarantine versus general fitness, right? Is there a difference in your diet or any recommendations that you suggest to do right now in quarantine versus doing it when we're done with this, if we're done with this uh, lockdown? Mm -hmm. I actually really like that question um, because um, it kind of ties into my ideology with nutrition. Um, you shouldn't view food as dieting because if you think of going on diets, if you're going on a diet, you're going to come off of the diet. So it's only a temporary thing. It's much better to approach nutrition as more of a lifestyle. Like this is how you live your life. This is the food you eat. If it fits your macros is what we personally do. And it makes it so we can eat foods we enjoy and still achieve our goals. But I haven't changed absolutely anything from pre-quarantine to during quarantine because I'm not really on a diet. It's just that's my lifestyle and the way I choose to eat the foods I eat. Perfect. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's pretty much the same with me. The only thing that I would caution is, again, going back to activity level. So if for some reason you were super duper active outside of quarantine compared to what you are now, logically you shouldn't be in the same thing because you're now going to be getting weight because you're burning less calories. So you kind of just need to look at it like that. If you can kind of try and put yourself in an environment where you can get the same physical that you find to carry on with your, um, if not, maybe just by maybe a small percentage, uh, maybe 100 to 200 calories, just to make up for the deficit that you're having in activity. Gotcha. Yeah, no, very important stuff that everyone needs to hear about nowadays, especially the fact that we can hear and there's nothing to do, right? To listen to these ideas and hopefully implement it in our lives. I do want to kind of end this whole conversation with a concept that goes beyond just, you know, your physique and what you've been doing on your physical self, but also your mental side, because fitness and dieting has a mental effect to it. So I just briefly want you to elaborate on your concept of sleep and maybe stress management and kind of having your mental side work with your what you're doing at the gym or what you're doing with your meals. Mm -hmm. uh, you can answer this one first if you want. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> Put you guys on the spot at the last, very last question. <laughs> um, I'd say ooh, mental health and stress. So I feel like, of course, with lockdown, we've been kind of limited to the things we're allowed to do. Um, but one of the things that they've allowed us to do is to take at least one form of exercise a day. So I would, so outside of your home, I'd say take advantage of that well, wherever you are in lockdown now. So what I do is I, I take it on an hour walk or I'll go play basketball. Um, on my hour walk, it's kind of just like a reflection. I'll listen to a podcast, I'll listen to some music, I'll listen to an audio book, just something. He listens like, to my podcast. My 
He listens yes. to my podcast. That's what, it, that's what he does. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it just like, it lowers your stress levels. It kind of clears your mind and it gives you something to think about um, on a mental level as well. If you are to just kind of keep yourself active. So of course, university has been shut and cancelled for the year. So there's no real need to look at them books. But um, yeah. if you wanted to, <laughs> if you wanted to, you could kind of like, buy buy a book or download a pdf of a book and just get into active reading once a day it doesn't have to be for too long maybe 20 minutes just as like maybe whilst you're having your breakfast or making your breakfast something like that just to keep your brain active it kind of helps and then yeah it, it gives you a sense of like you're doing something productive you know right what about you eric found an answer yeah so um uh for like sleep and stress um it's very important mental health is extremely important um walking is fantastic there's a lot of benefits that can that are associated with that like lowering stress levels and things like that feeling better um reading is great it helps engage your brain i try to read as much as i can um sleeping is extremely important especially if you're training you need to make sure you're recovering properly so if you do have a problem sleeping, a uh, super easy thing that most people don't do is just get off your phone or technology a little before you go to sleep. Perfect. Uh, it's very important. I know uh, for adults, having the eight hours of sleep is really helpful uh, for you know younger kids more. And just kind of being aware of your own body and your own situation wherever you are, it's very important to be mentally healthy as well as physically healthy. Uh, these episodes hopefully give you the advice and the tips that you need to succeed right now. But by all means, there are a bunch of references that we will be posting and putting out there. So hopefully you audience members understand it. Take as much as you can and put it in your own life and do it the best that you can. With that being said, thank you so much for everyone on this panel who has been part of this project. And I hope you all enjoyed this and I hope that uh, everyone learned something from this. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like this and you want to hear more, by all means, click that like button and subscribe to our channel. If you're interested in any of the trainer references that we did in this episode, or you want to take a look at the panel's social media, by all means, take a look at the links below. Now, I hope you stay safe, I hope you stay healthy, and more importantly, I hope you stay motivated. Because hopefully, the information we gave to you today will help your life in a better way during a time of crisis and darkness. By all means, if you choose to use the advice that we give you today, please tag Real Talk with Theo Corlin on any social media post that you show your progress in your mind or physical health journey. Thank you so much, and I hope to see the wonderful progress you do. Make content upon content.